Hello, happy people, and welcome to Office ADHD. Welcome back to Office ADHD. So happy to see you again. And I'm super excited for the second half of our interview with Steve Vincent. If you didn't catch the first half, it's okay. You can listen to this half and then go back and listen to the first half. It'll be awesome. Remember to check out the awesome links in the description. And when you hear the magic chimes, the interview will begin right where we left off. What are some of your tips for helping people deal with stress and just, mm. you know, stress in their life? Mm. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I see yeah. we're unpacking a big box. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so I would love a life that is stress-free, that is just so easy. Um, oh, gosh, I would just so love that, Jenna. It would just be wonderful. But you know what? I, if if I think that, I'm living a fantasy. Here's the thing, right? There, there, I think there's several layers to this. The, the first thing, and I think the bigger overarching thing, is to accept that there are always both sides of things. And, and what I mean by that is that, just give you an example. Say you hate your job and, um, you know, you want to leave and go and work for yourself or go into business for yourself and start a business and because you've seen the freedom that business owners have and the nice car and the money and blah, 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 blah. You know, you see that and you go, right, I'm going to go and start a business. And, you know, more power to you. I'm not saying don't. Mm -hmm. However, understand that being in business does have its downsides. You know, the buck stops with you. If you have to fix something at one o'clock in the morning, you have to fix something at one o'clock in the morning. There are a whole lot of tax issues, staffing issues, you know, a whole lot of stuff that you don't see goes on behind the scenes. So I actually think a lot of our stress in life, in relationships, in work, you know, in any aspect of our life comes from our erroneous belief that life only has one side, the positives. It only has the positives. And when you do that, you are denying that it also comes with negatives. And a lot of stress can come where we're expecting one thing and something else happens that is negative. And so we kind of get our, our mind wants us to be pulled towards the ease and the stress. But the reality is that there's stress there. And, and I think until we can accept that, that that's the way the world is, that's the way our job is, that's the way life is, we set ourselves up for a whole lot of angst because what all we do is focus on one side of the equation. And you know, when you think about it too, that is so anti-nature. You know, nature has light and dark, day and night. It has summer and it has winter. Now, we can't have only bright summer days. We need to have rainy days as well. So when we don't accept both sides of whatever situation that we're in, we almost are going against the natural order because nature has those two different sides. You know, even if it's in a relationship, you know, I want to find the man of my dreams. Well, when you do, I'll tell you, he's going to fart and he's going to stink out the toilet and he's going to ignore <laughs> you and all of that. Sort of, but, but no one ever sees that, right? Yeah, that can become a source of stress, you know, like it's, but, but we, we don't accept both sides. And so that's probably the, the biggest, most important thing, I think, is to accept both sides of every single thing in life. You know, even, even if we throw a party and it's going to be happy and fun, it might be that. 
But gee whiz, there's a whole lot of preparation to do. There's a whole lot of cleaning up afterwards. There's the person who RSVPs and doesn't show up or the person who doesn't have flight. All of those things are part of the equation. Yet if we only accept one side that it's only ever going to be positive, then we are setting ourselves up for stress. And that's not a good place to be in. So that's the big picture. I think other ways of dealing with it when we are in stressful situations, and we let's face it, we all live in a, a incredibly busy, switched on, continually bombarded world. And so the world is going at a million miles an hour for us. And so I look at, well, what's the opposite of that? It's taking time out just, just to be. You know, I've written a, a poem about it called Just Be. Um, and I, I would ask, I would ask anyone listening to this, when was the last time you just spent time with yourself, just you and your thoughts, either sitting under a tree, either you know, sitting on a couch, not with the TV on, not with your, you know, your smartphone in front of you scrolling through your newsfeed, not with music on, just you and your thoughts and slowed down and focused on, well, what am I feeling in the moment? Where is that feeling coming from? You know, when were you, when did you just be with yourself? And, and people say, well, I don't have time for that. Well, are you not <laughs> worth that time? You know, don't, don't get me wrong. We had four kids under five. I understand the busyness of life, right? And at one point we had four mm. kids under five. It was, you know, people say, oh, it must have been beautiful. No, it was horrible. <laughs> it was just nappies and meals and crying <laughs> kids and putting them to bed. And so I, I understand that. But yeah. that can also be um, an automatic hamster wheel that we get on. So I would say, how can you get off that hamster wheel and just take five minutes for yourself every day, 10 minutes for yourself? Does it mean you get up, you know, 20 minutes earlier or go to bed 20 minutes later and you just sit and you just be with yourself, just not with any agenda, you know, not have to be Zen, not have to be doing anything, just sit and be, you know, it's, it's, it's so important. I think the more you can do that in nature as well, it's much easier in, in my climate here. We don't have snow or anything like that, but, um, you know, even just, even just, just a walk outside just for five minutes without or 10 minutes, you know, get some sun on your back if you're in a sunny climate. You know, I think that that's a really important thing to do is to, to, to be worthy, to know that you're worthy of time in this busy, crazy, hectic world, just to be, just you and you alone, not talking to anyone, not doing anything, just slowing down five minutes, 10 minutes. Gee, if you had half an hour just to sit there, like when was the last time you actually did that? When I say that to people, they just go, uh, uh, never. <laughs> uh, can't remember. Um, you know, so that's that's a really important one. I think another way is, you know, stress does build up. I'm not saying it doesn't. So find a way also to release your stress. Now, that might be going for a run, dancing, singing, you know, writing poetry, writing a song, whatever it might be for you. Find what that is and, and devote at least two or three sessions a week to that, half an hour, an hour, whatever it might be. Find what it is for you that is outside of the normal pattern of life and, and do it. And again, you're worth it. You know, you're, it's your week, your time, your life. You are worth that hour or that half an hour or that 45 minutes, but find what, what it is for you. And that may change over time. You know, for, for example, I, I like to write poetry. I like to go for walks in nature, but I also like boxing. So I get, I get in my gym, my home gym, and I hit a bag for, for 20 minutes or 30 minutes or 40 minutes, depending on how energetic I feel. And that's my way of, you know, releasing things that, that come to me. So find out what that is for you. And it's different for every person. And I think, too, the, 
probably the third thing, and, and this is this is the case for me, is I've got a really a really busy mind. So I always have things going on in my mind of the deadlines I've got and the things I have to do in my to-do list, which gets longer and longer and longer. So find ways to to quiet that busy mind. For me, it's doing yoga a couple of times a week. For me, it's meditation. I do a short meditation, five or 10 minutes every morning. Plus, I also get back into my body, out of my head and my busy mind by stretching every morning, just 10 minutes. I've got this routine in the morning where I, you know, I'd love to say, hey, I'm perfect at it, but I would do it probably four mornings out of out of five in a, in a weekday and on the weekends as well. Where I do, I just, I, I stretch and then I meditate. Next morning, I stretch for 10 minutes and then I meditate. And the meditation, is usually you know with a some kind of a uh, some kind of music or some kind of um, you know white noise background where it just clears my mind. But that's a way for me when I know when I, I get stuck in my head with a busy mind, I can actually get out of my busy mind and more into my body, and that that helps me slow down and become more centered. I have resisted for years things like meditation and yoga, but I've found that when I've taken the time and had the discipline to do it it has a really important ripple effect on my body. So I would just encourage you to try different things when dealing with stress, to try different things to get, because the stress is always stuck in our head, right? And then it manifests in our body as tightness, stiffness, sometimes illness, et cetera, et cetera. So you have the power, if you like, the control, if you like, to take that out of your body by doing some practices, but that takes effort. That takes rearranging your schedule. And so they're some of the things that personally I do and I recommend for dealing with with stress. So accepting both sides, time just to be, find what works for you to release it and then find some way to quiet your busy mind with a yoga or a stretching or a meditation or whatever that is for you. I love that. Well, and I, I love the, the thought that, you know, like you said, you're worthy of this and to trying new things. And especially I know that I, I too resisted yoga and meditation a lot especially because of how busy my mind is mm. and I didn't think that I could do it. So I just didn't even try it. And, but then when you actually sit down and you find like, for me, I find a good guided meditation and it really helps. It mm. really is, you mm. know, just to sit and, and be. It does. Yeah. It, it's that, I think it, I think what it does, Jenna, just, I guess, subconsciously it, it sends it sends a, a message to the universe, if you like, that you are worthy of this time. And when you treat yourself better by doing that, the energy you put out into the world is one of you deserve more. You deserve more peace, more happiness, more joy, more ease. And so when you when you take that that physical step to take the time to get out, get off the hamster wheel of life and the busyness of the mind, I think it has you know far-reaching consequences for for life you know yeah and you know along with dealing with stress is that kind of the same sort of techniques you'd use for dealing with anxiety too or do you have mm. different yeah. well let me let me talk about anxiety a little bit anxiety um is a, is a belief that there are more negatives in a situation than positives oh you think about that for a minute and plus it's also my mind that's trapped in the future is the traffic going to um, you know, be really busy on the way to work now? You know, what if I'm late? I, I, if I'm late for the meeting, the boss is going to be angry. And if the boss is angry, well, my whole day is going to be terrible. And, you know, our mind, that's what our mind does, right? Oh. That's what our mind does. And if we're trapped in the future like that all the time, we're out of the here and now. And it's our peace comes in the here and now. 
our, um, our anxiety comes in the future, when our mind is trapped in the future in our head, and a belief mm -hmm. that there are going to be more negatives than positives. Now we don't know that, right? No. <laughs> we, 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 now if we go, we go. Oh, the you know the traffic's going to be really bad. I'm going to be late. Blah 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 blah. But it might also be that, you, gee, you've just avoided a massive accident. You know, if you had been on time, you would have been hit by the car and not someone else or whatever. Or, um, you know, the fact that you were late for the meeting, a whole lot of stuff might have happened that turns out really well for you. Yet our mind always goes to the negative. Oh, it's going to be terrible. And da -da -da -da. that's where anxiety comes from, right? So. I would encourage everyone to next time you are feeling anxious, just again, go that manual. Gee, I'm feeling anxiety here. I'm feeling anxious. What am I seeing that I believe there are more positive, more negatives than positives? Yeah. How, bring yourself back to the now. And yeah. what am I seeing? I love that. I love that, that way of grounding of just saying, okay, pause. And I love that idea. Every time you say switch back to manual, I don't know the movie Wally when he finally at the end clicks the autopilot to manual, and I'm like, oh yeah, you don't have to let the autopilot drive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I I liken it to driving a car, right? You know, a stick shift versus you put it in drive and go. You know, our whole lives when we wake up, it's almost like we get the gear lever on our life and just go click click into drive and away we go. I'm saying no. You get out of drive and go manual, put it into first gear and then second gear and then you know, be conscious through through life. I think too the other here's the other thing um, with about anxiety too, Jenna, is that once again, if we if we look to nature, and I, I saw this not so long ago, a couple of months ago, this um, this quote that that nature is imperfect and impermanent. And I sent to my to my email list, I sent an email with that as the the basic theme. And I took a photo. I, I, I went outside and I took a photo. There's a we've got a bush that's called a Tibishina jasmine. It's got these beautiful purple flowers and it was in bloom. And I took a photo of it and I sent that photo to my email list. And I said, have a look at at this because I took a photo from the distance and I took a photo up close and from the distance oh it was just it was just magnificent all these flowers blooming on this bush it was just nature at its finest right and then I took photos up close and you could see that this one bud had, or this one flower had four petals another one had five petals the one next to it had three because the fourth one was all wonky and curled up and half dying and then there was another one that only had two and and it was so perfect from a distance, and yet it, at its very core, it was so imperfect. And, and here's oh. the thing. I think what we do is we, again, deny nature, right? Because nature is imperfect and impermanent, yet we think we have to be perfect. And so, gee, if I don't meet all the things at work, if I don't get all the things done for my family, I will be imperfect. And oh, I can't do that because I think I have to be imperfect. But look at nature. No two trees are the same. Some of them have twisted limbs and, and, and terrible bark and others are, are blooming at different times. Sometimes they, the leaves fall off them. Sometimes they stay green. Nature is this imperfect beast. Yet us humans, I, I think in our subconscious arrogance, we think that we can defy nature and we can personally be perfect. My gosh, what an awful burden we we um, you know we create for ourselves to go against nature, right? We, we are part of nature, and if we are 
thinking that we can be perfect and we are striving to be perfect ouch what a horrible burden right a horrible burden (laughs) it is true what do we do to ourselves Uh, you know it's until you put it into words that we don't always realize like you said these shadows these things that we're doing to ourselves and we forget about the beauty of imperfection yeah yeah so here's a challenge for everyone right so when when you hear this in the next 24 hours go outside and and look at something in nature a tree a flower a shrub a hedge whatever it might be you know even a, a group of animals and and just look at how beautiful it is but also look at also how imperfect it is and you don't have to be perfect to be beautiful right nature mm-hmm. nature shows us that way who are we to think we've got to be perfect gosh yeah i love that and now i wanted to ask you too because you're also an author can you tell us something about the books that you've written yeah certainly as i um as i take a quick sip of water um the book that's probably most relevant to to what we're talking about here it's called finding you and it's poems and reflections for the journey into your shadow self and there's that word again the shadow self and um how I wrote the book is uh, I it's very raw it's quite masculine in that instead of going um you know the tree is beautiful and all these fluffy words no it's a tree right it's got branches and arms and, and leaves right that, and that's so it's very um, it. it's very direct right in a masculine kind of way and so it can be quite raw and how it started I, I didn't set out to write a book of poems I was in a a dark place at one point um you know because i am imperfect and i just started writing poems and i showed a couple of them to people and they went man that's really good that really moves me and some some um women even said oh i've got a few tears when i read that and you know some some male friends went oh geez i felt really uncomfortable reading that it was really good and and you know people kept saying you should publish these and no 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 i'm not going to do that no 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 it's too personal da, da, da. and eventually I, I did and the reception of the book has been really 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 positive some people don't like it right because it's too raw um other people mm-hmm. who are ready to have that journey within they just go wow this really is something you know that i really need and and the way i've structured the book i i present my poem and one of the things about poetry sometimes it's difficult to interpret what it really means you know it, gee, is is the the poet really talking about a tree or is the tree representative of the root of all evil with you know all that kind of thing it's hard yeah. to really sometimes it's hard to know what the poet was was meaning and so for my the way my mind works i i think it's important to give it some context so i've, I've written the poem on the next page is my reflections on it and so i, I give a brief explanation of what i was feeling when i wrote it and why i wrote it and what it meant to me and then on the third page for each poem, there are some reflection exercises. So, you know, where is this in you? What did that make you feel? Give an example from your life where such and such has happened. And so it's a, it is a journey, as it says, a journey into the shadow using words and the, the poetry of words and my reflections. And so um, there's over 70 poems in the book. You can get it at Amazon and Goodreads and, you know, all of those usual online places in North America, you know, and, yeah, it's um it's been well received, and um I was I was really nervous when it came out simply oh, because it was it. so personal. Yeah, but I love that because I love I love the idea of being able to um, experience the poem in kind of three different ways because you get your first initial reading of it, then your explanation of it, and then you get to kind of go through it again 
with the reflection questions mm. Mm. that you get to, because I, I know when, when I was in college was when I mostly studied poetry. I, I tend to study more science and, and things like that just because, mm. or well, that, I, my brain is just more of a math brain in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. By I love English. It's just always been a difficult topic for me. And so when we studied poetry in college, that was one of the things that I loved was being able to see how I could look at it in so many different perspectives. So I love that your book is set up that way to help those of us that, you know, need, need that extra guidance looking through it and to really be able to access it that way. Yeah. And one of the, the questions I, I do get is that, you know, is it on Kindle? Is it on Audible? And no, it's not. It's a hard copy book. Um, and I've done that deliberately, I guess, almost as a, a way to help you slow down, to get away from electronics and just have you and a pen and words um, and blank pages and words in there to, to help you go within. Um, so yeah, that, to answer that question, that's what a lot of people ask. <laughs> yes. Well, and I do love that too, because there is actually something very powerful about actually using, you know, the pen or pencil and paper and, you know, writing your thoughts by totally. hand and not totally. typing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess the other thing too, Jenna, we, we spend so much time on electronic devices, right? Listening to podcasts, mm -hmm. more power to them, but listening to podcasts and on social media, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. And so I guess this was, you know, uh, one of my ways of helping people get away from that. You know, um, I just think that's really important to, as often as we can, leave that electronic world behind and just get back yeah. to us and our thoughts, you know? Have balance. Mm. Love that. And now today we've obviously only been able to scratch the surface on all of these ideas and topics. And we're definitely going to put, you know, your book and how to contact you. And I'm on your email list. And if you, anyone else wants to join uh, Steve's amazing email list, I'm going to have access to it on, you know, the website and check the episode description. So check officeadhd.com. But before we go, do you have any last tips you'd like to leave with our audience? I think, I think be be brave, but you are worth the effort. That, I think that's just so important, you know. Like we we can kind of get a oh, you know, I, this isn't for me kind of attitude or shucks, you know. I, I you know, I'm just a normal person, and uh, you know, my goodness, you are worth it. You are, you know, a beautiful, powerful being. You 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 do have so much to offer the world. Now, it doesn't mean you're the next Steve Jobs or anything like that, but you do have so much to offer offer the world and that starts with the people around you. So gosh, you are worth the effort, you know, to 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 have habits that support you and inspire you and, and help you get on that path and live your Dharma. You know, that's that's probably my biggest one that you you know you, you are you are enough the way you are and you are worth it. And you're worth the journey to go and find out more and more about yourself you know that journey of self-discovery isn't easy but it's beautiful but it is a path to take you know to help you accept more of you and, and live a life that is um extraordinary you know so yeah you're worth it that's the biggest thing i've got thank you so much steve it has been a genuine pleasure to have you on the show today thank you jenna i've, I've really enjoyed our chat it's been fantastic Thanks so much for listening. To learn more about anything we talked about today, head over to officeadhd.com. Remember to like, subscribe, and share. And have a great day. We'll see you next time.